Our sermon today is going to be from Luke 14, 15 through 24. Uh, that will be on page 1,111 in your Black Pew Bible. Faith Alive Bible 1212. Would you please rise out of honor of God's Word. Luke 14, 15 through 24. The sermon text in the bulletin is not correct, but that's okay because it's correct up on the screen. So, oh, that's John. <laughs> Luke 14, 15 through 24. And I read in Jesus' name. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field. I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to study your word and to seek to apply it into our lives, I ask that you would send your spirit upon us that we might understand it and that it might change us, Lord, and that we might become more like Christ. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the great banquet... <laughs> this is a continuation of thought from all of the other things that Jesus has been talking about because this is all happening in the same party. And so, you know, they're sitting there, they're in the house of, on the Sabbath day, they went to dine at the house of the ruler of the Pharisees. And it just, it keeps growing and Jesus keeps building this because now he's responding as people are talking back to him. You know, because he'd been talking about, don't, don't be like everybody else. You know, lower yourself and you will be exalted. The one who humbles himself will be exalted. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, we have the parable of the wedding feast. And, and the, we have the, when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the, blame, the blind, the lame. And invite everybody. Invite the ones that can't pay you back. And so then this guy, he responds. And he's like, well, this is, this is something safe. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Like, right? That's a safe saying, right? I'm not gonna, I'm good. Because that's a blessing. Jesus said, you missed it again. <laughs> Shoot. Missed it again. Because the kingdom of God isn't something that's passive. 
Because these people, they were, they were invited, right? You know, and, and I read this and I, I check myself because I'm invited. I'm invited. How many of you know the gospel? You've been invited. You know, we've, we've been baptized into this. We've been brought into the church and then Christ says, it's ready. There's more for you. Are we like the excused? Because that's a good word for it. You know, I know the movie and the TV show is called The Chosen. These guys were the chosen. They're the ones that heard it. They're the ones that had it. These were the Jewish people. These are, these are you know, the Jewish people. These are the Christians. These are everybody that has heard the gospel, that has been invited. It's ready. It's ready. It's come. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, the interesting thing is, they're in the master's country. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. They're invited. They're in this area. They're in this land. It's not the master of the country. It's not the ruler of the country. But they're, they're there. They're in his group. These are the ones that have heard the word. What you taught in our streets. Kevin. So you were talking about the master there a second. Elaborate on what the master is. And to, to, oh, yeah. The chosen people. You said the chosen people, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the, the chosen. So the, the master is the owner of the house. You know, and, and oftentimes, well... It wasn't necessarily like you have the great estate manor and then you have all the smaller houses around it. That happened in, in America. Um, it did happen in places and then you'd have like the servants and all of that around it. We don't know exactly what sort of image Jesus is drawing here, but we're at the, the setting is they are at a party and a whole bunch of people have been invited. And those people have responded. They've come back. They've come to the party. So they're sitting at this party on a Sabbath day. They're enjoying the feast. Um, and, you know, they're being, oh, they're probably not being served. I don't exactly know how Jewish law interacted with all of that service. But the setting that Jesus is preaching this, proclaiming this, is a setting of a party. And so Jesus is saying, there was once this party. There is this party. It's going on. So this is a parable. And the master is the one who throws the party. And so the master is God. That's the image. God is this master, the father. And the Jews prided themselves at being sons of Abraham. They were people of Yahweh. They were people of the Lord. They were the only people of the Lord. And so they prided themselves on being those who had been invited. We are God's chosen people. And Jesus is saying, well... They were, but the problem is they rejected it. They rejected it. They rejected what God had prepared for them because it wasn't really what they wanted when they wanted and the way they wanted. You know, they wanted to be masters and they wanted to be lords and so they rejected it. And so the masters, God, the, the people, the direct application of this would be the Jewish crowd that Jesus is sitting in. And so for them, Jesus is saying, if you guys don't come, that promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that doesn't apply to you. You've been invited. You are told that now it's here. Because Jesus is the wedding banquet. You know, this is the kingdom of God. Blessed is the one who eats bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, it's me 
It's not some other place. It's not some other time. It's right here, right now, because everyone who is in Christ is the chosen. You know, they're the ones that have accepted the invitation. Does that make sense? So that's, you know, that's what Jesus is getting at. Because they're asking to be excused. So, you know, I bought a land. I bought land and I have to, what was it? What was his excuse? I bought a field. I must go out and see it. He must have done it online or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I got to go and check this out. I got to go out and see my field. What's going on here? These excuses are awful. I don't know a farmer who wouldn't go out, who would buy a field sight unseen. I don't know one. You know, they must have existed back then, or maybe people buy land online um, in Jesus' day. Like Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you've seen online. Um, I read that on a meme somewhere. You know, I have to go out and, and see it. They began to make excuses. The first said, I bought a field, I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And the other said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, I must go and examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. You know, this is, this, right. Well, that one actually goes back to Deuteronomy that if you get married, you're not allowed to go to war. And so I don't know how war and a banquet fit together. I don't go to those sorts of banquets. Um, I know sometimes it's family reunions that I don't want to go to war, but that's a different matter. Um, I don't have those either, thankfully. But, you know, so this excuse, these excuses, does the master of the feast say, no, I'm going to deny your excuse and I'm going to drag you in? No. No, the last passage there is terrifying. Or I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. You make this excuse, God, I'm, I'm too busy. God. Is he also saying the kingdom of God is that? Yeah. Because Jesus is the kingdom of God. That's what, that's what we as modern Christians miss oftentimes, and that's what the, peop- the Jewish people miss too. We're looking for an earthly kingdom. You know, we're looking for a place instead of a person. Because Christ is that kingdom. Christ is the fulfillment. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that all the promises of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. So are we looking for a heaven to come or are we looking for Jesus now? You know, and that's, that's what this means. Because Jesus is saying, this is going on right here. It's going on in him. So it's not just something in the future. Now we're looking for the manifestation of that for it to become fully known because we're told that better is coming for us, right? And so, yeah, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. Repent. Turn from your sins. Stop making these excuses. Stop living for the things of this world because will a, what good will land do for you when you are rejected from the banquet? It's pointless. Oxen. Marriage pointless in comparison to what Christ is offering. And so that's the problem with the excused is, you know, that's like us. Are we making these excuses? What are we living for? Because that's the question. What are we living for? Is it for the things of this world that are going to pass away? Or is it for an eternal banquet? Is it for Christ? Is he our center? Are we doing these things on his behalf for his sake or for ours? Because that's what they're doing. They're doing this stuff. They're living out this stuff. The, the land, was that for the sake of the master or was that for their own sake? The oxen, was that for the sake of the master or was that for their own sake? This marriage, was that for the sake of the master or was that for his own sake? 
You know, I'm not saying, well, we need to all become monks and live in monasteries. But what's the point? Is Christ, is all, are all of these things coming with us into Christ? All of our life, our whole family, our, our land, our companies, our business, our money, our whatever. Is this stuff being used, coming with us into this banquet? Who is Christ? And so... Doug, your talents, the talents that God has given you, are they being used for the sake of Christ or are they being used for the sake of Doug? So that the world can know the greatness of Doug, which it should, but it doesn't yet. You know, Michelle laughs. Yeah. Uh, My question is, is Christ in his reign? Yeah. Christ is reigning. Yeah, absolutely. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's when he came. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did say, I am a king. When he was talking to Pilate, he said, I am a king. So Doug said, does this, does this mean that Christ is reigning? Yeah, he is reigning. We are still in this world and in our flesh under the wrath of God. You know, and that's, that's a reality on one hand because we have the flesh. I don't know about you guys, but I still have sin in my life that I have to fight with and deal with and struggle against. But does that mean that Christ doesn't rule in my life? No, he still rules. And so then the difference is, the world, the, those who don't know Christ, those who don't come to the banquet, they say, well, I have to get cleaned up. I have to make sure everything's ready before I come. I'm going to impress the master. They're like, no, just come. Just come. You know, now I'm combining parables and I have to be careful with that. But these guys were excused because they said, we don't want it. The stuff of this world is more important than what you have for us. So then the master turns to his servants. And this is a direct counter then to the way that the Jews thought about the world. As he turns to the servant and he says, um, the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blame, and the blind, the blame. Joe. <sighs> well, these days I'll learn to read. The blind and the lame. So... When Jesus interacted with the man who was born blind, what did the disciples ask? Who's that Whose sin was it? Whose sin was it? What did you say, Nathaniel? Said, who's, who's, at fault? who's at fault? And so if you were poor, you know what that meant in Jewish mind? You're a sinner. Not worthy. What was that, Kevin? Not worthy. You're not worthy. Yeah, because if, if God really loved you, you'd be rich. Kind of sounds like Joel Osteen. But. <laughs> There's a good Babylon Bee about that, but I'm not going to go into that. Should have put that up on the screen. <laughs> um, some of you might have seen it, but um, that it's the prosperity gospel. If God really loved you, you'd be rich. If you really had enough faith, you'd be rich. You'd have everything you want. Everything would be easy. It'd all be uh, cake and ice cream, and you know, roses without thorns. Sounds like a Guns N' Roses song, but yeah. Um, no, it's, that's not reality. And so the master is actually inviting those people in. So as Christians, how do we then interact with the people that are the rejected? You know, the, the lower rung of society, the ones that we have this tendency to kind of down upon. You know, those who are different, they're strange, they're other. They're the rejected because they're invited. It's not just the people that dress up nice, go to church on Sundays, 
Because some of those people have rejected. They've said, we know about this stuff, but our lives are more important. Now Jesus is saying, the master of the house wants the rejected too. Because those who are rich and powerful, think about that for a moment. I have bought five yoke of oxen. That's a big investment. <laughs> this guy's rich. He's powerful. And he says, no, my life is more important. So Jesus is saying, those people that you look down upon, you need to invite them. Because they'll come. They'll come. Don't look down upon them. Their souls are as valuable. They're not rejected because, they're not rejected by God, they're rejected by you. Invite them in. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. Invite them in. Well, but then our church won't look so pretty. We'll have people who might wear ripped jeans or have piercings in places that aren't just their ears. You know, they might not look like us. They might not know all the fancy words. They might not be able to define sanctification versus justification. Carolyn's like, I can do that. <laughs> they might look other. They might have issues. Do we actually want to deal with people with issues? They might be frustrating at times. <laughs> no, it's okay. Are we willing to invite them into the kingdom of God and to God's banquet? People with gasp problems. Or we might come from bad families. I've heard that. You don't really want them in your church. You know the family they come from? Like, that's an actual quote. You know, that's crazy. Jesus is saying... They're the ones that are most likely to come. Go and invite them. I want the, the high rungs of society. I don't want the dregs, God. God says, no, invite the dregs. Invite the dregs. They'll hear. They're not the ones that are so busy with their lives. They don't have time for the kingdom of God. Because God excused the people who asked for an excuse. God said, fine. They're not going to come. Whose decision was that? Theirs. I once heard someone ask the question, um, why is it that people in hell can't repent? Well, they can't because they don't want to. They've already established their will. And they're there because they wanted it. They don't want a life without God. They wanted a life without God. They didn't want a life with God. So God said, okay, fine. Now that's, Dangerous. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. And so not, go asking everybody. This is, I don't know of a more evangelistic parable. Go ask everybody. Don't make decisions based upon external things. Don't, don't make decisions based on where they're at. Don't make, you know, they're in the hedges. Who's in the hedges? You know, granted, we don't have hedges here. We have fence lines and stuff like that. But, 
You know, ask everywhere. These are just people that are passing through. Ask them. Don't rely on your relationships. Just invite them in. Invite them to the kingdom. Well, what are we going to do when they come in? You can leave that to the master. He's got people for that. There's other parables that talk about that. Invite them in. Because this is what God wants. God doesn't just want a church where everyone's dressed up nice and, you know, ladies wear the big hats and whatnot. None of you ladies are wearing big hats. Beth. How do you reconcile that with, like, um, all the immigrants coming in through our southern border? You know what? I actually think the immigrant influx is God bringing the nations to us. As America, our, our, missional, our, our Christian missional activity is on the decline. I know of many missions agencies that are shutting the doors because churches aren't supporting them. People aren't, the, the church, the, Christ, you know, the, the people who claim to be Christians in America, and I, I have a lot of information because I'm involved in the World Mission Prayer League. And so um, one of our, our general director was in a group of mission agency CEOs, whatever, you know, they're the CEO level uh, directors. And he said that Every one of those agencies, saving World Mission Prayer League, you know, whatever, every one of those agencies was struggling with their budgets dramatically. They were actually pulling missionaries off the field because they can't pay for them. And so we're watching our missions go down, our foreign outreach go down in America. And so what's God doing? Saying, all right, I'm going to send you opportunities. Bring them in. They're coming into America. Now, is this a, at a political level, is this a crisis? Sure. At a financial level, is this a crisis? Sure. As a Christian, though, how are we interacting with this? These are people who need to hear the gospel. These are people that are on the roads, that are in the hedges, that are coming in. They might be here legally. They might be here illegally. But you know what they need? Jesus. They need Jesus. And so if for no other reason... We need to interact with the people that we wouldn't normally interact with. Go to everybody and bring the gospel because you know what? The banquet is ready. Christ is ruling. The kingdom is at hand right now. This is for us. If you have accepted the invitation to the banquet, you are now this servant. And this is God's word for you. This is God's word for you. Like, well, I just, I came here for the food, Jesus. God says, I'm putting you to work. Go and invite others. Because my house must be filled. This is God's desire. I don't know what the will of God is for me. <laughs> it's right here. What does the banquet represent? Banquet is Christ. The banquet is, is heaven in... So the banquet is Christ. Well, what is... Christ, it, he's heaven, he is, he is glory, he is joy, he is, um, he is peace, he is the fruits of the spirit, he is these things as we are in Christ. This, it is ours, the fullness. And, um, the fruit of the spirit? The food of the spirit? Yeah, yeah, and that's in Christ. And that's his word. And that's his word. The, the, the word of God is the banquet. And that's, that's what I'm saying. In order to be fed, we have to understand what the banquet is for. I mean, why do we want the people to come to the banquet? 
to receive what God has to offer, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, and that's what the banquet is, is what God has to offer us. There you go. Eternal life, which is which is food, mm-hmm. spiritual food, and and uh, communion, and yep. baptism, and and all that He has to give is here at the banquet. Yep. Yep. And so what Doug said, and, and Doug is right, and this, even though I am the pastor of Hosanna and the preacher and I have the mic, that doesn't mean that I see everything and hear everything and that you guys have no part in this and you're just supposed to be passive. I'm, I'm not looking, as the pastor of Hosanna, I am not looking for a passive congregation. And Lord knows, sometimes trying to get things done around here is like herding cats. Um, <laughs> Because cats have a will of their own, which I am glad that I don't have that sort of congregation. They're like, oh, what do you, what do you want us to do now, Pastor? Well, you never told us to do that, so we didn't. Um, I don't want that. But, so what Doug is saying is true, and this is why I, you know, bring it on. So, the banquet is everything that God has for us. It is spiritual food. It is, it is Christ. It is forgiveness of sins. It is eternal life. Not just life that lasts a long time, but life that is eternal. Life with God. It is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is the grace of God. It is communion. It is baptism. It is everything that God has to give us. It is the body, part of the body. It is work, but good work. Work that is restful, work that lasts. It's work that's eternal and not just work that passes away. This is the banquet. It's Christianity as a whole. It's everything that Christ has to offer us. Everything that Christianity is supposed to be, not the drama of Christianity, because that comes in due to our sin. But it is Christianity and its purity. And Jesus is saying, everybody needs to be invited into that. They need to be invited into Christ. They need to be invited into the community. They need to be invited into the church. They need to be invited into these things that he has for us. They need to be invited into his word. They need to be taught. The world needs to be taught what the word of God actually says. The world needs us. Who else is going to do it? Are we going to rely on Harvard to teach the Bible? Good grief, no. Heard what the dean of Harvard was talking about. She's nuts. Are we going to rely on Joe Biden to make the world Christian? You think he has got that power? How about Donald Trump? Do you think he's got that power? No. We can't rely on them. God has called us. Us. Bunch of farmers and nobodies from small towns. How about that? God says, you are the ones that are going to change the world because you're going to bring my gospel. This is his call. Because this is who the kingdom of God is for. Everybody. Because the ones who knew, they rejected. They said, I've got better things to do. I just got married. I can't go to a feast. What sort of craziness is that? God's saying, fine. Invite everybody then. Because this is what God wants. Any other questions, comments? What else do you see? The, the people that said, no, I don't want to come, it's like the, the people that um, let the cares of the world take them away. The, um, 
seeds sown among rocks. Mm-hmm. Or the weeds. Yep, seeds sown among the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, they won't they won't taste of the banquet. Is it a celebration that we have today? Yeah. Because we have the kingdom. Because the kingdom is at hand right now, we should be celebrating the fact that we're here. Yeah. In the kingdom. In God's kingdom. is completely here. It's not just partially here. It is completely here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take advantage of what God has given you. It's It's here. Yeah, it is completely here. It is in Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. That we're waiting for something else. No, it's it's this. Like, well, I'm not experiencing it as much as I want to. Odds are that's because of your sin. There's something in you that's keeping you from a deeper relationship with Christ. It might be your pride. It might be your selfishness. It might be your stubbornness. It might be some tradition. It might be some of these things. Repent. Come to God and say, Lord, is there something in my life that's keeping me from you? It might be habits. It might be those things. Because God's got more for you now. You're at God's banquet and you're saying, ah, this salad's getting old, God. I'd like something with some bacon on it at least. God's like, nah, you only get the salad. No, he's got more for you. Don't stop at the first appetizer. Go deeper. If you're invited, go deeper. If you've said yes, go deeper. Yes, I just made fun of people that eat a lot of salads, but that's fine. Um, They deserve it. No. (laughs) There's more. There's more to Christianity than what we currently have. Did you know that? This isn't an end. You think heaven's just going to be Hosanna on Sunday mornings? I hope it's more. No offense. I hope it's more. If God has promised that it is more, then he calls us to himself now. And that's, you know, that's why we repent. That's why we turn from our sins. That's why we seek Christ. That's why, as deacons, we're encouraging you to be reading your Bible this year. You know, that's why we have the, the Navigator's Bible reading back there. So that as you're reading this, that you can put it into practice and live these things out and embrace the truths of God. Make them the truths of your life. Instead of the truths that you get from I don't know, Farm Report, or I'm guessing that none of you will watch Oprah. I don't even know if she's on TV anymore. There's probably other talk shows that are blabbing the same garbage. Don't make that the center of your life. Seek Christ. Say, yes, I'm going to bring all of myself and all of my family and everything that I have into this banquet because there's more. There's more. All right. There's not more from me, though. So I'll be done. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We thank you that there's more. Lord, we thank you that we have more to offer this world. And I I pray that you would help us to experience this banquet. Lord, grant us the boldness and the courage to, to drink deep of you, of what you have for us what it means to be Christians or to live it out so that we might be able to invite the world into what we have because we have you. Lord, I ask your forgiveness for the excuses that I make. Oh, I might be shameful or something ridiculous like that. Instead of trusting you, oh, they won't say yes. Lord, grant us boldness to ask. 
to invite. Invite into the banquet that we have experienced ourselves. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this call. In Jesus' name, amen.